right, welcome to the Halloween edition, the spooky, scary edition of Zero to 60. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. It is an honor to bring in my man, Eric Weddle, 14-year NFL safety, uh, Super Bowl champion, and just an overall bad motherfucker with a better beard than me, and, and that's hard. <laughs> um, so, Eric, welcome to the show, brother, Zero to 60 on the Bleed Network. Uh, you know, we've, we've obviously spoken on Coach JB's show hundreds of times, bud, but uh, it's the first time on my show, and it's really awesome to have you on. Uh, it, it, how are you today, bro? Happy Halloween. I'm doing great, doing great. Got uh, got a practice here this afternoon with the high school and taking the kids out uh, Halloween shopping. I got four kids ranging from sophomore in high school to fourth grade, girl, boy, girl, girl, so... Got a busy night ahead of us, but uh, love what you do. Obviously, we've we've been on the show a few times together, and can't wait to hang out in person and uh, relive the glory days and 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 uh, talk how good we used to be because yeah. we can't play no more. <laughs> Bunch of old guys now. Uh, I know you're a proud Utah Ute. I'm proud to see you buff, and and we're all moving to the Big Twelve together. Uh, you guys took a hard one to Oregon. We took a hard one to Oregon. They might be the best team in the Pac-12. I'll tell you, though, bro, I went out to Salt Lake City for the first time ever at the beginning of the year. My son went on a recruiting trip there. Coach Harding was awesome. The O-line coach, Cole Willingham, obviously was incredible. That that place is special, Webb. Like, talk a little bit about the, your relationship with Utah. And they were just, game day was just there. The, the stadium was rocking. It was crazy. <laughs> they played Metallica the whole time. Like, yeah. if I wasn't a CU buff, I don't really have anything against Utah other than the you know, the rivalry in the Pac-12 moving to the Big 12. I've never played them before, so. For sure. It's, uh, it was pretty special. I was blown away. Talk about that place a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an upcoming gem, uh, if you ask me. A lot of people don't know where even Salt Lake City is uh, outside the state, and I didn't know that when I uh, was getting recruited by them. I didn't know where it was at, didn't know anything about their program. I knew they had beat USC in, in the mid-'90s, with with a bowl game but other than that i was like all right let, let me see what this is all about and i tripped there i had five trips lined up and they were my first trip and it just felt right felt special the culture the 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 city i mean utah football is is all the city has right and the jazz are there but really nobody cares about the jazz so utah football has, <laughs> has been <laughs> Ever since probably the early 2000s or, or maybe the late, you know, the late 90s when Smitty was there, Steve Smith and, and Dyson, the Dyson brothers and Jordan Gross, like we had a few studs come oh, yeah. through there and, and we've been on the we've been on the come ever since. And it's a special place, a very tight knit group, a family oriented. And once you're a Ute, you're always a Ute, regardless of of how well you played on the field, it's somewhere we can always go back in the community. And you know, I know Steve Kim always talks about the relationships you make in college, and it's so oh, important it's so for these important. guys. Yes. And uh, that's somewhere that you could always go back and, and can find a job and you can start your home and, and family life there. Great. Now, Eric Weddle joins us here on Zero to 60 uh, with Matt McChesney on the Bleed Network. Bro, <laughs> look, there's obviously a, a rivalry here, but it's pretty one-sided. I mean, Colorado hasn't really done a lot in the Pac-12. It was a bad move for us. It was a great move for y'all. Yeah. I think the consistency at the at the head coach position for for you guys and Coach Willingham. I mean, I, I I hope he never leaves. He pulled up on that Harley looking like just <laughs> just a straight G right there. Seriously, so 
So, like, the consistency there, and then, you know, Coach Prime and Boulder and all he's done, I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I know you guys have BYU, and that's that's a hated rivalry, and now it's in conference. But Colorado's moving back to a conference that when I played there from 2004, we played in the Big 12 title game three times and yeah. four times in five that's years very, like, program. Yep. before mm-hmm. we fell off and moved to the, the Pac-12, which it's been a long 20 years. In your opinion, talk about Dion a little bit, the move back to the Big 12 from a Utah perspective, how they're how they're looking at it, but then also what you see for Colorado moving forward, because I know that like deep down, I didn't know this about you, but you're like you're a Bronco fan, like you really wanted to win. I didn't I didn't know all that shit about you. Yeah, so uh I, I think what uh Coach Prime's doing, or do I say Dion? I don't really know. Coach Prime, they get mad when you call him Dion. <laughs> I don't know. Since we played in the league, can we call him Dion? Like we can call him Dion. Yeah. So I'm gonna call him Clay. Yeah, I don't. Whatever he wants to be called, I don't really care. But uh, I think what he's doing, and we've had many conversations about this. uh, He is changing the game in the sense of uh, using the resources and the rules to his advantage to turn programs around and. The whole the, this generation of kids is so different from what we were back in the day, and if you don't, if you don't uh, change with the times, and you don't uh, progress in what these kids want and need, you're going to get left behind. And he's yeah. an example of using it to his advantage. The social media, uh, just his very honest and direct approach to the kids, which I like. And, and I think at times as ex players, we just want to be told the truth. And if we're sucking or if we're not good enough, just tell me, don't sugarcoat it and don't lie. You know, we could tell a fraud instantly. And once you cross us, you're never going to come back. You never never can come back into our inner circle. We're just, we're very loyal, prideful people, uh, especially when you, get to the level that we played at. We, we cherish those relationships that are very honest and real. Uh, we, we may not like what we hear, but we could always respect you at the end of the day. So I can respect uh, what he's doing over there. I think it's, it's uh, showing what you better be doing at the college level or you're not going to have a job. And uh, it's going to take a couple years. Like he's showing, like, I know they had a, no, they got off to a hot start, but everyone, everyone who's who watched them knew it, it was going to take some time. They have they have some special players there, but to go in there to the Pac-12 doesn't help that the Pac-12 is probably as good as they've ever been in that yeah. conference from top to bottom. So it's gonna it's gonna have some humbling moments these next four or five games, especially throughout the season. They they lost a couple games that they shouldn't have, but they also won some that maybe they shouldn't have. So. You got to take it and and run with it and know that, as he said, uh, this is the lowest. This is the lowest they're gonna be, and you better get them while they're down. But I, I love what he's doing. There's some things that he does that my personality as a coach I wouldn't do, but you got to respect the job that he's doing there. Yeah, oh, being being a high school coach, you guys are in the playoffs right now, right? Yeah, we got a buy. We're the two seed in Ooh. Division Two, so yeah. we. Uh, we got we got a tough row, but we're excited for the the opportunity, no doubt. So if 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 Coach Prime walks into your office to recruit one of your kids, what are you asking him as a coach? Oh gosh, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't. 
it's not my it's not my place. I would answer his questions about the player honestly and uh, be very direct. You know what people don't understand and players don't understand is your coach. His name is on uh, everything that he says when he's speaking for the players, right? And if I if I vouch for if I vouch for a kid that is a scumbag, uh, my name is attached to that. And everything matters. Every everything matters at the high school level. How you treat people, how you work, how you study, how you prepare, uh, how are you in the class, how you treat your teachers, how you treat your mom and dad, like. So much of that is important to me. And when I'm trying to build these uh, future, these kids into men and future husbands and fathers one day, I don't, I don't have the five-star guys. Uh, that's just not the reality. I, I may have one or two kids go to division two, II, division three, and, and maybe that'll change over the course of how long I'm a coach. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't ask him much. I mean, it, it's a, it's not really, he's not recruiting me, you know? So uh, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, it would be more so like, how, how's he doing? How's, how's his family? Uh, the dynamic of his boys being on the team. And sometimes you could see that inner battle of coach to dad and, and how he, how he maneuvers that. And especially when you're, you're talking that you're, you're the, you're the figurehead of a hundred plus guys. So, but it, it would just be catching up and, you know, whether he knew me or not, that that would just be some catching up about our old, good old days. Yeah, oh, he, he definitely knows you, brother. So let let's stay in the in the safety realm. Obviously, I'm a I've been a trench monster my whole life, but my favorite players have always been safeties. Always, I always oh, I love wish, that. I always wish I could do it. It was the most physical position that you could find on the field. I grew up in an era where there were just hitters everywhere, everywhere. Every team had one. Some team had two. And everyone emulated those guys. No doubt. Stay, staying on the you know the college track before we get into the NFL here, Shiloh Sanders had a really questionable targeting penalty mm -hmm. in the UCLA game. They kind of turned the tide of the game, in my opinion, when they kicked him out. Uh, UCLA started exposing some spots where he was dropping the hammer. I thought after watching it a whole bunch, it was a shoulder. He kept the head out of it. He did. He did stand over him and let him know. And damn it, that's football. I like it. What, what, brother? How do you? You're the safety coach at CU. What do you? How do you coach the position that you love and played so well for 14 years and got a ring? Yeah, I mean, the, you just you have to be understanding and knowledgeable of the rules and what they are, and you have to stress that uh, every day. Uh, the, Shiloh is a He's a banger and he is an old school type safety, which is fun to watch. But those hits have consequences now for your team. And for me personally, I would just stress the importance that you don't want to hurt your team and uh, and have to be understanding and knowledgeable of those situations. Like, I, I know you've heard me say this. You just got to start taking guys out and blowing people's knees out until the rule changes. And I know that's hard for people to hear, but. What the position that you put us in as safeties is a lose lose situation where those hits that are good, solid hits are hurting your team. And now, on the flip side, well, okay, I'm not going to hurt my team. I don't want to hurt my team and get penalized. I'm going to start taking guys low. And you've seen Oof. those hits happen. And Oof. it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised that we're not seeing it more often that guys are still taking guys up top. Uh, you know, that hit, 
he did he did leave with his shoulder, but the his helmet did hit him underneath the chin, and he's up high. Any type of hit up above the shoulders is going to get called, whether it's legal or not. In our minds, we love the hit because that's the way the game's supposed to be played. But the way the rules are, you have to change the way you play, or else you're going to hurt your team. Okay, so you're coaching the safety position, which I know you coach the hell out of your safeties. Yeah. You played the position for so long, 14 years, bro. You know damn well. Look, I played defensive <laughs> line for a long time, and then I played offensive line for a long time. If you went after my legs as an offensive lineman, the first thing I would say to you is, bitch, get off my legs. <laughs> and as an offensive lineman. Oh, you're I'm fighting. Oh, you're fighting. I got a, fighting. a funny, funny comment. Yeah, funny tell me comment. about a good fight. Funny comment about, about that. So I was in training camp. I, it was either my rookie year. It was for sure my rookie year. And I know you know Chris Dillman. Oh, we, yeah. we, we called him. We, we called him. Guard, yes. Bro. Nasty deal was what we called him because he was one nasty son of a gun. So in camp, camp back in the day was full pads every day. Oh, yeah. It bro. was, we were full live, like tackling, hitting, thud. Like it was basically you either brought it or you, or you were cut. Like that's the way it was. And you either rose to the occasion or not. So I remember in training camp, we were in a nine on seven type. Uh, drill and it was live and I was playing like a dime backer back then uh, my rookie year and they did a little like a power row inside like in, a, in 11 personnel and I got over the top and deal came pulling and he didn't see me and I took out his outside leg because back then you you could cut O-line oh, yeah. and I'm I'm 200 pounds like I'm not stupid You're I'm not gonna close. take any lineman up top <laughs> and he I should I wish I could have took a picture of his face he was so mad and had he had red eyes the rest of practice, and his sole goal was to kill me every single play. So the next snap, the ball was run away, and I was just running to the ball. He came and elbowed me in the back of the head, just trounced me into the ground, and laid on me and said, you ever do something like that again, you're going to die. And I was die. like, "I was like, yes, sir, uh, won't do that again. My apologies. I went back to the huddle, never spoke of that instance again, and I knew right then I want him on my side, not as an enemy. But. You know, bro, I think that every single one of us, especially from the older generation here, has that story. Like my, my yes. first day in New York, after I got like cut with West Nile virus and sit on my ass for eight weeks <laughs> and like get healthy, I got to New York and it was a Super Bowl for me. You remember Jason Fabini, like big, ugly, ogre, yes. looking like uh -huh. quick forever, like just a massive human. But he was he, he was the right guard, and I was going full speed and just whipping his ass. And we at three plays in, it was just a huge melee and fight, and I got kicked out of practice. <laughs> and I was like sitting in the locker room, and I'm like, "Fuck! I just got here. They're gonna cut me." <laughs> and uh, Tannenbaum walks in, and he goes, "Yeah, Fabini's probably not gonna be here very long. Good job." And I was like, oh, right. oh so nice. that, yeah. that's, that's part of practice. It's part of the game that's gone, though, bro. So it is. how do you teach Shiloh or one of these freaks? How do you teach John James? How do you teach <laughs> Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, who's straight old oh, school? Kareem so how do you good. teach these guys to go low? Like, isn't that from a respect thing? If I go low on you, like. Bro, that's like I can run and cut in the open field. That's that's an athletic thing. But if I just yeah. like if I'm pass blocking and I just flash hands and go after your knee, that's like an intentional thing in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, how how can we 
how can we change the mindset of football players to not think like that? Like, should the aiming point be between the hip and the knee? Yeah, I mean, so the way the way I kind of changed the way I played, especially as the rules changes and evolved while I was playing, like I wasn't an overly big guy. Uh, I was more of a sound wrap up tackler, and I, I could I could kill people when the timing was right, right? Like, I, I'll give a funny story. I tried to kill shot Jermaine Gresham, Bengals tight end back in the day. He was like six six two sixty five, like. Yeah gigantic and he ran a seam up the middle of the field and I'm a post player and I came and I had a clear shot on him took him up by his chest and I was he was like this I speared him and he kept running like this and I was on the ground and I was like um that, that'll be the last time I try to do something like that because I was made a fool of uh so then I just started to like you said take him your aiming point has to be at the waist or lower uh but there are times where you're going for the ball and you're going to go up high. And the, 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 the coaching point I would say is if you're go, if you're making a play on the ball, you go for the ball. If you're not making a play on the ball, you have to take them low. And that's the only way it could be. And as, as it's not, it's not anything personal. It's the position that we've been put in. And, and I would just reiterate, like you don't want to hurt your team. And the way you don't hurt your team is, if you if you can't make a play on the ball, then you have to take them low. And honestly, you're going to last longer in the NFL, anyways. Like Shiloh's not a very big guy. Like how how big is he? Like five ten, maybe pounds? maybe six foot two, yeah. five, maybe. Yeah. So like you, the game is a space, fast, quick. You need to be able to cover and you need to be able to tackle. You, the big hitters are long gone. I mean, and that's just the reality. If you can't cover and you don't got swift hips you're not going to last. So all these big time hits, you're going to last longer anyways, uh, just being a good sound tackler and making plays on the ball. All right. So let's talk about some of the all time greats for, I know you're a student yeah. of the game being a coach and you were a fan before you played like all of us were, um, you know, I'm, I'm born and bred out here in, in, in Colorado. So I've got an affinity for Denver Broncos safeties to say the least, but you know, I, I, in no particular order, give me your top five guys of all time to play and don that position. Yeah, I mean, there's there are so many. I mean, Steve Atwater is, is someone that is beloved in that area, which is outside my top five, but is an all-time great and played played uh, the game the way it's supposed to be played. But I have six names and, and a couple old school, a couple old school guys that maybe your listeners may not know, which if they do their uh, do their reading and history on them that these are two all-time greats that played in the the 40s so Emlyn Tunnel played from 48 to 61 what is a hall of famer and had 79 career interceptions so I have him I have him on my list along with Larry Wilson who was a all-time yeah. all-pro five-time all-pro obviously a hall of famer uh, so those are two old school guys and then going in uh, to newer guys that I watched or tried to learn from as I was playing, obviously Ronnie Lott uh, could do it all. Uh, you know, a guy that could play corner and safety was an all pro, all, you know, pro bowler, but he 63 career interceptions, six time all pro, like the man was a legend. And so he's probably up there as my number one, 
obviously I, I thought as I grew older, uh, you know, Ed, Troy and B-Doc were three of those guys that played as I was coming up, they were starting to phase out of the league as I was coming in. And uh, each guy of those three, uh, I would watch and, and try to take little tidbits of their game. I thought I was more of in the, of, of the realm of, of B-Doc and Troy. You know, I felt like I could blitz. I could, I could cover guys. I played the run. I could play the half where Ed was just so incredible at the half half field safety and post player. I mean, I remember saying he was a backside half defender and he beelined to the opposite half where his buddy was playing because he knew the ball was going there and picked off a corner route. And I was just like, how does someone do something like that? You know, like <laughs> just amazed by these guys. And, uh, you know, B-Doc was so incredible when I made my first Pro Bowl. It was his last Pro Bowl. And, you know, he knew, you know, we played against each other because he was in Denver at the time. And I just remember how graceful and humble in his humility and that he took the time to just talk to me as a as a young fourth year guy in the league. Like it, it meant so much to me. And, and I tried to do that as the older I got to to be there for younger safeties. Uh, so I would say those those six and I would even throw Charles Woodson in there. Second half of his career, he played oh, safety, yes. safety and nickel, and and was, I mean, you could almost say he had two Hall of Fame careers: one at corner and one at like safety nickel hybrid. He was so good, so he was a just so fun to watch, and I've been around him numerous times, and and just a great dude. So, I would say those six, seven guys, even Atwater putting it in there, are are my all time greats who transcended the game, who were the elite of the elite. Like when you think of you know, when I, when I think of the Hall of Fame, I, I think of those type of guys, those, those guys that were changed the game, changed the yep. position, yep. and, and uh, guys that will go down as the best ever. And I know Dion has said this, that there should be like an upper, you know, an upper. upper yeah, like the Hall of Fame is, is so prestigious, right? And you don't want to. You know, when people ask me, do I think I'm a Hall of Famer? I say, I don't think I am because I don't look at myself as those type of guys, right? I think I was great in my own right. But you got to think, like, the Hall of Fame is the best of the best. And best. those guys were and changed the game and gave gave guys like me hope to, to try to be a smidgen of what they were. I mean, brother, I love this because I did my list like before I went on, and it's Atwater, Lot, Ed Reed, Troy Dawkins, Rod Woodson, Chuck Woodson. <laughs> <laughs> the same exact list, dog. Yes. So, yeah, I, I mean, it. it's just, I remember I was in uh, Miami and I just moved to guard, and like the, I was on IR and then I had to come back and kind of relearn the position. Cut by the Jets, went to the Dolphins, we were on a Wildcat that year. And we got into the playoffs. We played Baltimore oh, yeah. at home in 08. I remember. One, I mean, I was in the league. Miami came Sorry. with us, came to us in San Diego that same year with the Wildcat and yep. ran through us. Yeah, that was, it, was, it was fun. Like, we had Ronnie and Ricky, yes. Patrick Cops from North Texas. Yes. And, like, some, Jake Long had left tag. We had some dudes. And Pennington got, like, released from the Jets because they traded for Brett Favre. And he came down. And, like, that was really cool playing with him again. But we played Baltimore in the playoffs, bro. And they came to Miami. And we walked out the very first play, and, and it was Pelotinata, Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, 
Every <laughs> McAllister. And like, yeah. we did this motion, and it was like, Wildcat! And they pinched Pirate and Rad, ran oh, uh, like uh, Ray over the top and just, yeah! And yeah. It, they beat us 31 3, dog. It was a fucking murder fest. So, yeah, yeah those players are really, really, really special, dog. That, that's that's awesome. We, on the same wavelength. The Great minds think alike, man. That's right, baby. Hey, so let me ask you this, bro. You brought up Charles Woodson. Travis Hunter. All right, just that's all I'm gonna say. Just Travis Hunter, go. Oh, geez, where where do I start? Uh, unique, special, athleticism, explosive. Uh, you know, he has to have the IQ of high level to be able to do both sides of the ball. Like people don't understand that's hard. how hard it is to to be great on one side of the ball, let alone start on both sides to know where to line up, to know what to run coverages, the routes, et cetera, motion shifts. Like it's, that's why that's more impressive than anything else to me, because I know when you get to the next level, it is all mind. It is 90% mental, 10% physical. Everybody is a, a specimen, right? It's what you do up here that separates yourself and it makes you have a long career, right? Like, do you know what to do? And do you anticipate and instincts and heart and all that, all those little things that people say, do you really have those? Or are you just playing the game and just out there? Like you're either in the game or you're playing the game. It's two really different things. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what his future holds at either spot. Uh, I haven't seen a bunch of the games. I saw a little bit of the Stanford game. I've seen, I saw the UCLA game. I think he eventually needs to just focus in on one. And I think, I think that's corner. I think he's rangy. He's he's twitchy. I look at him as Jalen Ramsey, his yes, body type. Exactly, yep. I think it's Jalen Ramsey and maybe – I don't want to disrespect Jalen because he's my bro, and I you know talked to him a couple of days ago. I think he's a plays the ball better than Jalen at this did point. You see, you could, did you see Jalen's drop into that zone the other day? Yes. And that was the tips, one step and just broke on the rock. Yes. I was surprised he didn't take it to the house. What, why didn't he take it to the house? I, you know, I'm still trying to get an explanation why. He probably isn't <laughs> texting me back because he doesn't have an explanation, but that's not that being... Hey, Jalen, that's not being great. You know better than that. So, <laughs> I think he could be... Lineman. I think he has the... You know, everyone has potential, but... I think he has the uh, the the traits to be a standout corner at the next level. I mean, can you teach at the TCU game? I saw him fall off of coverage. Crazy. The yeah. UCLA game, I saw him fall off of coverage and bait the quarterback and pick the ball. I I can't say I I mean I've seen it before, obviously, but I've never seen it done that way. Like yeah. he's like a cobra, he like reaches out and gets the ball. He doesn't just. Seriously. He doesn't like going, you know, like the way that like Prime used to do it. He just bait him and then go right in front of the dude, catch and take yeah. him to the house, right? Travis like baits him and just goes, what? It's like Earthworm Jim, dog. It's like he takes his head off and snaps the ball and grabs it back and he's like, that's mine. Yeah, like the instincts and intuition is you can't coach those things. Like I almost look at those plays like a Ronde Barber uh, when nice. that cover two system and how many picks he made on just – dropping into the hook or cover two flat corner and baiting that corner out. Like that is who I saw when I'm, when those plays were made. 
is him. He was the best at it at the zone drops uh, or even a Sante Samuel type, like the amount of picks that these guys made in dropping zone coverages and using their instincts and ball skills. Like it's hard to teach. Like you, you can't teach people always, you know, people would ask me all the time, how did you make this player? How did you know to be here when is nothing is telling you to do this? I'm like, it's instincts, man. It's, it's, it's football acumen. It's, it's the preparation, it's the study, and then you see it, you go get it, and you you always trust your instincts, right? Like you never never not do that as a player. And for him, he's shown that keen ability. Like holy smokes, those are incredible plays. Not just good plays, incredible plays. Incredible plays. All right, brother. Last couple of questions, and then we'll get you out of here. I know you got a big uh, afternoon in front of you here. The great Eric Weddle, 14-year NFL best Super Bowl champion, multiple Pro Bowler. Okay. NFL's relative the parity, either there's parity or just wait, all wait, wait. You can keep going. All, you know, all pro, all decade. Right here, handsome, all that, like everything. <laughs> yeah, wore a visor too. So <laughs> I did one. Dark visor took me my 14th visor crew, year to get dark it. Dark visor crew, white boys yep. with visors, watch out for us. We're fucking lethal. So who, who, like, I'm not saying like best AFC, best division, and all that shit. Just, who off the top of your head right now from a team perspective do you really think is going to come out of all this after the first eight? Jeez. Oh, I, 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 I think there's still a group of teams. If you want to talk to NFC, <clears throat> Philly is – is uh, I, I, I love that we finally saw the hurts of last year, right? Like completions, big plays. A, you know, A.J. Brown is playing out of his mind right now. Uh you could put him up there and, you know, with Tyreek Hill, but it just as a player, maybe in the MVP conversation, like he's been unstoppable. Six, I think six straight games of 100 yards or more, and it was five straight games of 125 yards or more. So I think on the NFC side, Philly is head and shoulders above everyone else. The Niners are struggling a little bit. I think it's a it's a number of things, but you, you still got to believe that once Debo, Debo gets back and, uh, you're not having to rely so much on Purdy trying to win the game for you. They're going to be a team that's going to be tough to deal with. Uh, and, and outside of those two teams, uh, you know, and I, and I would throw the Lions in there. I, I think the Lions, nobody will want to play in the in the in the playoffs. I think their offense travels with the way they run the run the ball downhill under center uh, with the outside zone and, and the gap scheme. And and the shot plays that Jared Goff can do. Sorry, hold on. What's that? Lit roller? I can get it to you in a second once I'm done. I don't know where it's at. That's my my youngest. I love it, dude. Getting ready, getting ready for her costume or whatever. I don't know. So uh, I would say those three teams. Everyone else uh, on the NFC. Oh, in Seattle, I would throw Seattle in there. There. Those uniforms, bro. How sick. Yeah, man. So I I would throw those four uh, on the NFC unless I'm forgetting someone, but those four off the top of my head on the AFC, it's same same suspects, right? Yeah, and everybody in Miami. Yeah, I mean they play in Frankfurt. Like, what that? Do you think that game? Do you if you're playing in that game and it's for that, it's that important? Do you really want to go to Frankfurt play it? No, I don't. But you're gonna do it if seating's on the line and. And trying to get a home playoff game, you, you don't want to play the Chiefs uh, at home. So if any of those teams can surpass them, it, it'll be huge, and they're going to play all the way down to the line. So 
Chiefs and the Bengals are finally hitting their stride. We always know that they start slow, so it's it makes sense why they're finally turning on. I, I put the Ravens in there; they're yes. a complete team. That's the one uh, right there. Those the Ravens, Baltimore. Yeah, is just, I would, oh, the, the only thing that uh, there's so much scheme based that in the playoffs, are they going to be able to manufacture a pass rush with who they have without blitzing? Because that's you know, that's why I love Baltimore and and I love my time there is so much is team playing together, 11 guys, disguising movement, blitzing from everywhere. Uh, that's who we are. Right. And that's that's the Ravens. But at times you you have to be able to just play coverage and your four man rush has to get there. And I don't I don't know. I'm hoping, obviously, but I, I think that may uh, to be determined on that. I, I still think they're one of the top teams in the AFC that can come out of there. Miami, I still think you can't count out Buffalo. Uh, the AFC South is terrible. Uh, the AFC West with the Chiefs, the Chargers are fake. Everybody else is fake in the in the AFC South, AFC West. So uh, there's five, six teams out of the AFC, I think, that are legit, that, that have a chance. Uh, and Cleveland, if they had a quarterback and not not the – what do I – what should I call them? But I'm not very high on yeah. the – the guy uh, that's not playing right now over there, <laughs> with having three, with having three girls, and and oh, one of my, dead. yeah, what one of my rules for, uh, you know, our, our non-negotiable rules for my players is treating women with respect, and yeah, if that does not happen, you're you're immediately gone from my team. So, and, and that uh, that's some scumbag shit. And look, Cleveland's exactly. pretty good, but it's not surprising that karma has bit Deshaun Watson. Yeah, man. Like, there's no way that 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 should have ever happened. I mean, I I'm shocked that an owner would have would have signed off on this. And it just says it, n- nothing can take away uh, someone's character and what you stand for. And the Cleveland Browns, I don't know how anyone supports that franchise or that team by doing that. Hey, you hey, basically man. turn your back on every woman. Regardless if it's true or not, some 39, 50 women. I mean, give me a break. You're not not all of those women are are making this up. And so whatever. That's just a soapbox, but man, I'll tell you. <laughs> You're a scumbag. All right. So the great Eric Weddle, 14 year NFL vet, bro. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, man. Anytime. Happy Halloween to you and your family. And then hey. We're, we're moving to the Big 12 together. We're, this yes, rivalry's sir. going on the road, baby. I think no the doubt. Big 12, like if, if you talk and dominate the Pac-12, they're going to mop up the Big 12. Seriously, and I mean, they got to they gotta be the, well. the top dog uh, starting next year in that conference. 100%, especially so. with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. You, you'd have to think that Utah sees blood in the water to go run another conference. So I'm super excited about it, bro. Uh, we definitely have to figure out if we're going to do Thanksgiving in Salt Lake and go to this game or not. But, you know, it's hard with families and whatnot. But I think regardless – uh, one of these days, we got to get the, the CU Utah thing going. No doubt. Uh, and maybe they'll change up the, the schedule and they'll play at a different time so we can actually go to the game so it's not centered around Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> Wed, bro, keep doing what you're doing. You got a ton of support out here in Denver, and uh, we love you, bro. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Anytime, man. Right Wish you best of luck. And anytime you need me on, I'm there for you. you. Later, beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Well, that was the great Eric Weddle on uh, 0 to 60. The 2 p.m. shows a wrap. Uh, I am your host, Matt Chesney. As always, I know this thing is just super clean. I know it is. You ain't got to tell me. I uh, won't be wearing it anymore because it's made of wool and I'm sweating like a foreign church. And uh, it's Halloween and trick or treat.
trick or treat, baby. Um, remember, go to 60equipment.com, check out the body bags if you want to donate one to a high school or buy one for your kids. I mean, in multi uses, go check that out, 60equipment.com. Uh, make sure you check out all the swag at 60 as well on the Shopify account at 60. Get yourself a couple t shirts or some hoodies. And then also, thank you for supporting the shows. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, at Six Zero Academy on all three of those platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Pound that like button. We're trying to get the show off the ground. We really appreciate it. The Believe Network has been awesome. Uh, and I can't say uh, enough about uh, my co-host, Bree Mesas, in the morning and how much she has helped uh, get this off the ground. So we are rolling. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Six Zero Top Six. If you've got anything that you want us to talk about, just let us know. And we'll have more great guests uh, and, and people coming up here on the show as we go forward. So later, folks. Have a good day. And uh, see you in the morning.